We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good with it? Lucky Lefty Podcast, Anora Boys in the Building, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. I am sitting in the midst of a winter wonderland today, Left. I dude, if you miss the Midwest, I can give it to you in totality today, Left. I can give it all to you. You know, I see the sun sunshine behind you. Yeah, I want to show you outside. You might think I'm in a whole nother country. <laughs> Dude, it's it's snowing in Florida. I got six inches overnight, expected another four to five inches throughout the day. I stepped outside. When it came inside, came from my parents' house. Nothing. Woke up this morning, went to take the garbage out. And immediately said to myself, I am not shoveling today. I don't care. Yeah, I don't miss that. Shoveling. No, not this year. You've seen my driveway. I'm not I'm not shoveling that. Not even not even worth it today. No, I said if I see a, a nice little fort, because all the kids are out of school today. Now that's a good thing about the Midwest when you get these type of days. Oh, they, oh it's bad enough where they shut down the schools. Oh yeah, they shut down the Chicago public schools, the suburbs. And I remember is, when uh when uh we used to wait up early in the morning for them delays to come out. On, on the early news to see if your yep, school used to sit down. there, to right. sit there and wait. Hopefully. Ah, we on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. But this is the kicker though. The kids that got shut down, especially the Catholic schools, the kids are still in class at home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, that's the only thing now with technology. That's twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's yeah. twenty twenty four. Yeah, you gonna yeah. get the the iPads at the crib. Mm-hmm. Meet on Zoom. See, Chicago public school system, they don't mind accumulating days on the back end, right? So, say the final day is like June the twelfth. Snow days just get added to the back day, so you have an extra day of school in the back end. After schools are like, nah, we on schedule. We on schedule. Absolutely. So I hope everyone is safe where you are. If you don't have to go out, man, stay warm inside the crib and be thankful that you have that warmth. And if you do have to travel, be safe, man. Because it's, it's crazy out here in the Midwest. 
especially the Chicago We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today, we're going to talk about transfer safety Rod Hurd from Northwestern. We got another safety transfer from Northwestern. I'm pipeline sure. Pipeline is strong. We've drawn a strong pipeline. I, I'm I, sure Malik, I don't even think it's a pipeline because we don't give them nothing. That's <laughs> the, like, hold on now. Wait a minute. We got Dan Skoranek from him. Yeah, Brandon Joseph. Brandon I mean, we Joseph. get all these guys and we're not giving them anything. This sounds like a, a, a thrift store shopping. Well, that's been the Chicago pipeline over the last 10 years. <laughs> the garage sale, Northwestern garage sale, we'd be first in line. Just getting all the antiques on these shelves and bringing it back home. And But, man, I mean, I guess, I guess our players aren't good enough for Northwestern. Who knows? So I did talk to Northwestern radio analyst Ted Albrecht. You know, good guy. He's been a good guy to me in my career. And uh, just asked him for his thoughts. And he said, yo, you're getting the leader on the back end. He's one of the biggest leaders and one of the reasons that the, North, the Northwestern team was able to get over all the all-season stuff. I believe that he got some intangibles. Okay. Has great intangibles, great leadership. He's from Michigan, from the Midwest area. So he's very familiar with Notre Dame, understands. The only the problem I have with guys from Northwestern secondary is they're big like linebackers. No, he's like 5'11", 190. But they, but man, I just, man, even they corner, they look like some some dudes. They not no fly around skinny dudes at all. They are, <laughs> they usually been some some heavy setter guys, you know. But yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that it's a local guy. I think it's always good to have a good amount of Midwest on your team in general. And to have somebody that's familiar with what Notre Dame is, I think also helps. It's a little different when you're coming from like an Oklahoma State, where yeah, you've heard of Notre Dame, you may have played them once or twice, but you don't know the the weight of it. You know, when it comes to knowing expectations and what the perception is. So I do think that helps. Um, but another guy coming into a situation where we're adding value, you got to prove the value you add over what we're giving to you. So. And. Uh, that's, you know, because we want to see Ben Minnich and Adon Shula develop, get on the field, play, right? The breakdown I got about Rod Hurd is he's athletic, 
He can play nickel in certain positions, but he is a very strong safety, good with communication. He's going to make sure that everybody's in the right spot, right? So I know people might get scared because they say, yo, that sounds like DJ Brown. He's a man. He's more athletic than DJ Brown. Hopefully he has better hands than DJ Brown. So, so I mean, our, the way our schedule set up, listen, this is a slam dunk year if you were a transfer. Because you're going to come into a situation where you're going to be outmatching who you're playing. So the plays aren't going to be necessarily too hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a, a solid schedule. So, I mean, hey, I believe that our evaluation of 2024 is going to come in the playoffs. Because yeah. it's going to be very misleading this regular season. Because they, people are going to, you know, and rightfully so. You can only play and do well against who you're matched against. However, the, the true test will come during the playoffs because you can evaluate, you know, what the talent looks like when the chips are all pushed in. So I do think this pressure that's taken off of Notre Dame's regular season, I think it's good to see guys develop. My whole goal for the regular season next year is to see these young guys get better and pop on the scene as the year goes on. So a guy that may get his first four games in and, you know, they sparingly use it and every time he gets in, he's he's showing something a little better. And that bodes well for playing these 24 freshmen. Putting Aeneas Williams in there somewhere. You know, you got games to, to, to play with. Because when it comes to playoffs, you need to have your your depth chart understanding down pat. What are those rotations? Like the Lakers having huge problems with rotation right now. But by that time, after all-star break when the season starts this on and pop Lakers have a lot of problems starting at the top people don't want to talk about it lucky lucky podcast (laughs) (laughs) so today we're going to talk about give you a little more on Rod Hurd like I said Ted Albrecht gave me a few words about the young man. He is a Northwestern color analyst for the radio side. And then, you know, we're going to get to what Malik wants to see. What improvements does he want to see from every quarterback in the Notre Dame quarterback room? That's, I can't wait to get to that discussion. And, you know, I hope Malik keeps it positive. You know, he's going to try to talk about everybody, but I hope he keeps it positive. And then, you know, breaking news left. Did you hear about the news? Mike Norvell and Florida State. Um, might be in a little trouble, bro. Some NIL infractions. And we I mean, it makes, sense. About- makes sense to see a team go 13-1 and one like that. That's just like how they do it in the NFL for – Player has a crazy game. As soon as he gets to the locker room, they drug testing him. <laughs> they the NCAA just testing the Florida State program right after a successful season because it was too much of an outlier. You know, how y'all go from the middle of the pack team, y'all 13 and 1, and crying about not getting to the playoffs now? Had a lot of transfers that made their team look different. So, 
you know, it's one of those things. Now, this is from Ted Albrecht, right? This is a direct quote. So no name people don't get mad at me. It's a direct quote. It says, Rod Hurd is a downhill guy. Gap supporter, great run supporter, and tackle. He knows the defense in and out and is a great leader. He's had some problems with academics at Northwestern. Hopefully, going to Notre Dame, he gets those things in order. He's a very popular teammate and a hard hitter. So that's what you're getting with Rod Hurd, and that comes from Ted Albrecht, the Northwestern color analyst at WGN in Chicago. So Notre Dame fans, how do you like what you heard about Rod Hurd? No pun intended. Rod Hurd, the second safety transfer coming into Notre Dame. He gives, if he indeed is the starter next to Xavier Watts, they might be one of the best tackling and hitting set safety combos in the country. Definitely solid. Definitely a, a guaranteed open field tackle. Mm -hmm. I mean, that a curve a lot of the, you know, I just think the maturity of a year three out golden defense with some first round guys on the table, mm -hmm. I think makes it even better for younger guys to step in the roles to get better and get experience in, but also a chance for us to put us in a place where offensively we got to obviously hold our weight and a heavy focus is going to be on that because a lot of people are going to know our defense is what would appear to be the strength of the team. Uh -huh. So expected to be the strength of the team. Now, offense is the, the gift that keeps on giving and, you know, the effort they give is a bonus. But the, the foundation of this team next year is going to be defensively because we got the most stars over there. You know, naturally, I mean, it should be a Ben Morrison team, Xavier Watts, Led, you know, Riley Riley Mills is in there too, right? He came back. Mm -hmm. Howard Cross. It should be some stars defensively and highlighted by some young up-and-coming linebackers that should make an appearance in the Jaden Osberries and Bowens and guys of that nature. So I think it's an opportunity for defensively for young guys to come in and really hold their weight in a defense that's going to be structured pretty securely from a top-down level. And then offensively, we got to find out of the bunch of guys we're collecting what's going to make the engine go. Right now, we're just building the car and it looks really nice. But can it drive? We got a good driver, you know. We got a good passenger. We got a nice dude on the ox. Mm. We done put the spoiler kit on the back. You know, we done chopped the top, put the little sunroof in there. Got the 24 Dayton's, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And then we, we, we done hit the never flat tires. I mean, we done built it out real nice. But can it get on the road and, and drive? That's what we're going to have to figure out this season. Can we drive at a, at a good speed 
to get us to the playoffs where we can take off. And a lot of questions are to be asked, but from a team standpoint, I mean, we got a pretty damn nice car. Mm -hmm. Second half of the show, like I said, we're going to get to the quarterbacks. We're going to talk about this Florida State. Sanctions that are coming down, pretty heavy. Story over at Yahoo Sports. This might be the thing that finally moves things in the direction of the legislation, right? And of course, this comes down when Florida State is trying to make a power move by suing the ACC and getting out of their deal with the ACC. It's they always- penalize. They penalize the uh, uh, the the offensive coordinator specifically, right? Like they. It was a couple of coaches, man. It's a couple. Let's, let's get into it now, and then we'll we we'll, we can we can squeeze it into the first half now. So that was. Uh, the update on Rod Hurd transferring and a little background on who Notre Dame is getting at the safety position with Rod Hurd, the second transferring in from Northwestern. Now, this is from uh, Yahoo Sports. Ross Dellinger had it. And um, the association, the NCAA is finally dropping a hammer. The association is levying significant penalties on Florida State football, one of its NIL collectives, and a booster as well as an assistant coach for NIL-related recruiting violations and the most serious and unprecedented sanctions handed down in the first two and a half years of NIL. Multiple sources with knowledge of the decision and penalties spoke to Yahoo Sports under condition of anonymity. The sanctions, wide ranging and broad, are tied to a spring 2022 recruiting event and are part of a resolution negotiated between the school and the NCAA. A Florida State assistant coach, offensive coordinator Alex Atkins, is found to have committed two level one violations, two level two violations, which include impermissible recruiting activity and facilitating impermissible contact with an NIL related booster. Atkins is alleged to have driven a prospect and his parents to a meeting with a leading member of the school's NIL collective rising sphere. So this is what we said, left, right? We knew. Even with it being the Wild West, we knew that, you know, the rules say that the collectives have no direct correlation to the actual institutions. We all knew that was a lie. And if you got caught doing this, then you're just a dumb criminal, period. Alex Atkins has to be a dumb criminal because Alex Atkins could have found a GA. He could have found anyone to do this, but when you get the feeling that everything is the wild, wild west, and ew, dude, you, no one's thinking the NCAA is gonna come down on me because everybody's getting away with it. And what? they just have, man, Florida State, Alice Atkins, the Rising Spear, Collective, they're all in trouble, man. And the, the NCAA had to pick one. You knew eventually they were going to pick one to make an example out of. And it seems Florida State, Mike Norvell, his assistant coaches, and that collective down there are going to be the first example for the rest of college football. Yeah, somebody got to go down first just so the NCAA can make an example out of somebody. And unfortunately, it's the team that's been making the most noise. So it almost shows you if you're making a lot of noise, you're going to get audited <laughs> essentially so i think this is a ncaa's 
clever way to respond to them, you know, trying to get their way into legal presence, proceedings with the college football selection committee. So, you know, it's a big it's a big game where they all help each other out, and I think that was their way of squashing that issue right there. Breaking news, Ross Dellinger just put out that Mike Norvell and Florida State have agreed to a new eight-year contract paying him $10 million a year. This, this is what we said. This is what getting you to the playoff does, right? Yeah, t- schools are going to keep your coaches. Even though he didn't make it. They're like, well, we know we're going to make the 12, and we would have had a chance, and it would have been this and that. So that's what you know. these playoffs have done is secured coaches – so where coaching staffs have to actually do something. Yeah. The coaching carousel, I think, will slow down a little bit just because these 12, 15 potential teams are going to want to hold on to their coaching staffs and not let them just fly to, like, an Alabama willy-nilly. Yeah, it is very, very interesting what's going on down in Tallahassee. Mike Norvell gets the eight-year extension, $10 million per year. And then heavy sanctions being levied upon that program because of the NIL. Talking about level two. Now, level two is probably some restrictions, recruiting restrictions, maybe a scholarship or two. But other than that, with Norvell getting the extension, they still should be able to operate. You know, they still should be able to operate. But it's a mess, man, because they don't want to be in the ACC. And the SEC wants no part of them until they handle their litigation with the ACC moving forward. So I have no clue what's going to happen with that. But that's Florida State and uh, the uh, sanctions that are going to be levied via the NCAA because of an assistant coach, offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, and the Rising Spears NIL collective. Yeah, I mean, you would think that the Michigan thing would be more of a pressing issue considering that they actually were found to be actually cheating. Yeah. So if the NCAA really wanted to come down on something, they would have made a grandstand of it and and did something about their championship. But to see how they acted fast on Florida State just shows you that uh, they pressed the wrong button. Florida State done pressed the wrong button, and they was like, oh, for real? You're going, oh, okay, we got something for that. Man, the committee picked on Florida State. The NCAA picked on Florida State. They, they can't get away from the ACC. It's tough down there, man. It's it's tough. And I'm sure the Board of Regents are having daily conversations, daily phone calls to try and figure out how to sort out all of this stuff. And I bet and, you they're not going to try to contest the NCAA anymore. I think this is the overall no, as, as the reporting as the reporting said, they, they've settled. Like they negotiated. Yeah, they said, right, let's, let's, yeah, okay, yeah, we get yeah. it. <laughs> like, dude, you got us. We understand. You know, let's sit here and negotiate these sanctions and kind of soften the blow. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, with all of that being said, you know what time it is. What's smoke? What's smoking? Fashion Geek. AlonzoJackson.com, Fashion Geek, we run the city. Um, yo, this Alabama situation with Nick Saban is still smoking. And one of the greatest things that I've seen from this is that it seems like everyone has 
unanimously decided I do not want to be the guy to succeed Nick Saban. I do not want to be that guy. Uh, I fully understand why Kirby Smart said no. I fully understand why C. Sarkeesian said no. $20 million buyout, I have no clue. And maybe Alabama's like, man, we don't care. But the $20 million buyout would have made me say no to Dan Lanning. Like, no, I'm not getting you $20 million. You can't beat Kalen DeBoer. See, this is the funny thing. I'm like, you can't even beat Kalen DeBoer with more talent. Why would, I bring, why would I bring you to Alabama? I could just go be Kalen DeBoer with a $4 million buyout. Like, I have no clue why they were sweating Dan Landing like that. I understand the SEC background, the connection to Kirby Smart, all of this. Nick Saban likes him. Man, look, if I was an Alabama Board of Regents, I'm like, you're no longer the coach, man. I'm not forking over $20 million to that dude who couldn't beat Kalen DeBoer with more talent. It's going to be interesting because, like we said, it's the, the scales have been balanced. Saving out the game, there's no, it's hard to tell. Yeah, Kirby is a good favorite, but not having the Bama Bowl invitational anymore. Mm -hmm. SEC getting larger, recruiting getting stronger for these teams to bring back some of the traditional programs. Well, excitingly enough, I mean, hey. These top recruits, these five stars, can't just all fall at one or two schools. You know, back then, when you get off from Alabama, you know you're on your way. You know yeah. you're on your way. Now it's, okay, what coaching staff plus the right deal can I get to? And these new generation coaches with the Dan Lannings and the, the tree of the Sabins and all of that, all these guys are still unproven in my opinion. Lincoln Riley's unproven. Mm -hmm. Dan Lanning's unproven. Tommy Reese ain't done, you know. Kalen DeBoer even. So the the flash. Kalen DeBoer is unproven? As far as championships, that's what you mean? Yeah, just in terms of the long-term success. Like, there's not a guy like, the, off the top of your head, a Kirby Smart, where you know that, okay, top three coaches in the game right now. Right. Everybody else is who had a, the, the last best season. Who's had the hottest season the, the last? But there's no savings in the game. There's there's only a Kirby smarter than who else? You know, your Davos Sweeney's, but his is in question. Yeah. Ryan Day's in question. Oh, definitely. There's no there's Jim Harbaugh. We don't even know if he's going to be back. Crystal Ball's everywhere right landing's been everywhere marcus freeman's trying to come up so from a coaching standpoint how many locks are there out there considering all these guys are trying to create some staple of a program and stick there long enough to get that saving credit right now nobody has a saving credit so as a recruit it's a little harder now you you a five star now you can you can go to Texas. Recent success. You know, Steve Sarkeesian's a good coach. He's had tumultuous years at Texas as well. Let's yeah. not forget. He ain't just been running the game now. Right, right. He finally got him a quarterback. Defense played a little better. You can do some things. 
So a lot of these, you know, young guys that are great play callers but terrible team builders are all head coaches now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's which one is going to be a David Shaw, who's a great program builder, consistent, does it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right now, all these teams and schools and programs want to hire who can – get the most flashiest creative stuff out of the and the youngest guy going, even though they ain't got a young guy. Yeah. So who are the, the secure security blankets? Who are the locks in college football? We don't know. I mean, it'd be good to see that become identified to what coaches can stand the rain, what coaches can make that 12, what coaches can get and do well in that 12. I think now we can rank coaches a lot better outside of just saying, oh, this guy can get you a Heisman out of quarterback. Oh, this guy can get you eight wins. Oh, this guy can beat, you know, the the, the top dogs of the of the time. Now is Dan Lanning, shoot, he a top five coach. He making the playoffs and getting you two rounds every year. Right. Now that's a, that's a resume. Now when you're shopping around for coaches, hey, I'm taking that. I'm not living on the Mac Brown, won a championship 20 years ago, Hall of Fame coach, and, you know, giving me mediocre seasons now. Now we can say, oh, Ryan Day, Marcus Freeman, they, they get you deep in the playoffs. That's some that's a leverage. That's a bargaining value. Oh, this quarterback, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, J.J. Daniels want to transfer again for the fourth time. Okay, he's got some playoff resume in there that can help our team. He won a couple games there. If Riley Leonard was a playoff winner of a couple games, I think the transfer would make a hell of a lot of sense. That would make me convinced, okay, hell, he may have some iffy numbers, but that brother don't want a playoff game. And I know guys in our room has it. So I feel really good about the, you know what I mean? One of those kind of things. So I think having a playoff system would have helped us understand Sam better. You got fit. You won fifty games in college, or you uh, you started fifty games in college and got no playoff wins. Oh no, Marcus Freeman, we can't we can't add that. We can't add that to, from the transfer. He ain't got no playoff wins, right? I mean, that's I think that would be a great evaluator if I was a GM of a team. Just saying. Just saying, I think I can get the right people in. But I do think that the state of which we're moving, you know, you're going, you're going to tell a lot. I see you talking about James Franklin in the chat. James Franklin is a great person who cannot hide any longer with having eight, nine, ten win season team. He's a guy that, okay, James Franklin, we believe in you. There's a lot of hate, but we believe in you. But what you doing in these playoffs? Because now, now you don't got to be perfect. Before university had to rely on the unrealistic expectations of teams going undefeated and getting put into the playoffs. Now it's okay, losing a couple games, no big deal. We can take that. But you're getting that 12, what can you do? Now we got to really put the the metal to the grindstone. I think that's good for college football. We can see a development of players. Now, you know, before people used to comment and say, the league's getting younger, guys aren't getting coached. I guarantee you now with this playoff system, guys gonna have to get coached. 
because the coach is going to have to coach if they want to stay because the playoff system is only allowing 12 teams a year. So you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's to develop your young guys or your transfers or whoever because if you don't, you're not going to last game 13, 14, 15. Season's too hard. So overall, I think that uh, what is interesting is the, the Bama replacement, the transfers and the recruitment of Bama, how that affects college football. I think you'll see a lot more guys leaving out, which is mm-hmm. is plenty pickings for the rest of the, the schools out there. I mean, a five-star is still a five-star. And I think the perception of SEC dominance is going to be more evened out because now – the SEC was so top-heavy that it gave the perception that the SEC is just the most dominant conference by far. With the expansion, with Nick Saban taking a step down. Well, they will do. Urban, the SEC needs to cut Urban Meyer and Nick Saban both checks. Because we talked about it yesterday. Before Nick and, and Urban Meyer got to the SEC, the SEC was, dude, the SEC won the, the inaugural BCS championship. That was when Tennessee beat Florida State. Florida State comes back the next year. What goes perfect wins the championship. And then you start to enter into, because we were coming out the Nebraska dominant. They went back to back. And we were coming out of that. We go into the BCS. And then all of a sudden, it's the Big East, right, with Miami. Those dominant 2000-2001 teams. Then you have Ohio State jumping in, right? And then here comes Texas winning, right? Because Texas, they defeat USC in 2005. USC goes on that run with Pete Carroll. So now you got the Pac-12, you got the Big 12, you got the Big 10, ACC, the Big East. SEC is like every now and then. Here, here comes Urban and Nick. Nick with LSU in 04 when they beat Oklahoma, right? And then it comes Urban in Florida. Right, they beat Oklahoma, and then I think the the Urban Meyer Tim Tebow team underachieved. Like, go watch their documentary. Definitely underachieved. With all the talent they had, they underachieved. They should have done more, in my opinion. Yeah. But then once it hit 07 with Nick Saban and Bama, it was SEC, SEC, SEC every year. Right? They forced. Everybody else to elevate their programs in the SEC. They forced Auburn to step up. They forced LSU to step up, right? So, yeah, they need to cut a check. They need to cut a check to Urban Meyer and Nick Saban for what they brought. They What they brought was big Midwest, Big Ten football to the SEC. That's what they brought. Ohio coaches, I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out left. They brought they brought the size down to the SEC. They brought the size down to the SEC, put it with the speed, and there you go. And nobody from the SEC or that side of the country can come up to the Midwest and do the same or the North and do the same for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Half the time they don't want to go up there, which is very interesting, as opposed to Urban being the one to go up there to Ohio State. Outside of that, how many coaches that are successful in the South region as a coach traveling north mm-hmm. and going to Big Ten? Because I don't see anybody else doing it. Urban was the only one. All the other coaches try to bottom dwell back down in the South somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting to see how 
the North influence on the South football has made it the most dominant for that decade that has been. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, Urban showed you what happens in reverse at Ohio State. He brought a bunch of speed and, and guys from all over the, the South and from all over the country on a national scale to Ohio State, and they were by far size and speed. And the Big mm-hmm. Ten was the dominant factor for years. Like you said, man, Michigan State, what he built in Michigan State, he brings it to LSU, championship. Goes to Alabama, six titles. You know, that combination of the Midwest mentality and what they brought, and they put it with speed, and it was the perfect formula, and it took the rest of the country a long time to catch up. And the counter by everyone else was what? Spread them out, right? Okay, they're, gonna, they're big and physical up front. We got to spread these dudes out and make them run. And then Nick Saban was still able to adjust to that, right? He, he won multiple championships with game managers as quarterbacks. Things changed. He said, you know what? Let me start recruiting these five-star quarterbacks. He did it. And he won. It is, yo, it's why he's considered the greatest coach of all time in college football, you know? But it was very interesting to hear um, very interesting to hear from Coach Saban in his own words that in recruiting in the transfer portal, his age was being used against him. And it was very, it echoes what Roy Williams said when he decided to step away from North Carolina. It was the same thing with him. You know, his age was being used to neg- negatively recruit against his program. And he said, yo, it's time for me to step away because Oh, the changing landscape of college basketball is not something. No, I would be best for the program to step away at this time so they can find the right guy to take them into the future. Honestly, I think that's the decision that for Notre Dame fans, Jack Swarbrick made. Jack Swarbrick just decided, like, yo, I, this is not me. This is not the college football I know. Let me step to the side and let me allow somebody name people Vaca to come in and lead Notre Dame into the future of college football. Yeah, I think the guys that have got stuck in their customary ways and figured the game out, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and had the game how they liked it and shaped it and maneuvered around the rules and regulations and loopholes and were big influencers into that way the game was played. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, the game's over for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a, it's a whole new game. I won't be able to hold my weight like I like I used to. I don't have the energy for it, and I don't have the command that I feel like, you know, had us so dominant for so long. And I think it's a, a good time to bow out because now if you get caught in this storm and you start looking bad, yeah, it'll change everything people think of you. You know, hey, so left. I, Go ahead, finish this. Finish what you had to say because I want to get over to the quarterback. So I think that now, you know, which is a good time for guys like Marcus Freeman to embrace this new side of things with a new fresh, you know, new fresh AD to tackle this. I think if Marcus Freeman's a little older, he'd probably be on the borderline of leaving or, or quitting himself. But I think he's game for the change, and I think that was Jack's best foresight 
yeah. is to put a guy in there that's going to be able to handle that. Because this NIL thing has been the computer to what paper and pencil was to the college football level. You said it right, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast.